So if you've been seeing me ride around town, talking to people about uh, different things, uh, well, telling our story. This is a book by Dr. George Keaton and Judith Garrett Segura. Uh, we're we're going to be talking about things that happen in the community that you don't know nothing about. Like I was talking to one of the producers today, and he was looking at the uh, the uh, the football game. The, uh, Las Vegas Raiders versus the Kansas City Chiefs, and we were talking about where the teams were. He didn't even know. He didn't even know that the uh, the uh, Raiders had were formerly in in Los Angeles. He knew about Oakland the second time, but he didn't know about Oakland the first time around. And uh, I asked him, "What about the Kansas City Chiefs?" And he knew about uh, the Kansas City Chiefs being a Dallas Texan. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking uh, uh, about those things. Uh, why? Because uh, Segregation, the segregation of Dallas, and what it meant historically speaking. As as a uh, historian, uh, as I like to say, uh, historians uh, have a connection to Fridays because, as Smokey says, historians are always uh, uh, well, they're always bringing up old stuff. That's what we're doing. And that's what I'm doing today. I'm talking about old stuff, but I'll be talking about some new stuff today as well. And that new stuff is well, we got new mics. Yep, look at that. Wait a minute, I need to talk to the mic. It's going, ain't nothing changed. It's 2023, and it's the same stuff I did in 2022. And, you know, I'm, I'm gonna say some stuff that's like that. It's gonna be kind of off, but you know, I wanna keep you engaged in this story, engaged in what we're doing. So we're going to be talking about that, and uh, you know, Fishbowl Radio's done a great job with these mics, and I know Sam is going to going to go ahead and get on me about that. About I'm talking about the mics, but wait a minute, hold on. I know what's new about it, dude. No cords. We we cut the cord. This is it. What? Ain't no cords on this. Before we had a cord with it. I mean, no, I mean, no, you good. I'm just saying. It's supposed to be a cool right there? Yeah, it ain't no, wait. Come on, 
Ain't no cord. And so I've been doing all this talking in here. This is wild. It's coming through. through. Oh, now. Oh. Now I get another one. I get another one now. Okay. And this is like a side-by-side test now. Let me drop the book. Okay, let me do it on this one. Okay, yeah, all right. All right, so it's that spoken. We're going to have to start the show all over again. The champ is here. <laughs> oh, I have lots of fun here. I have lots of fun here. So what we're going to go ahead and do, if we start the show all over again, you know what I'll be doing? I'll be channeling my inner Kevin McCarthy. That's right. Because that means I will be repeating something that already happened before. Just like Kevin McCarthy, you know, he, he ran for office, got elected to Congress, and then they had this election called Speaker of the House. So they have a Speaker of the House election, and normally these things go through pretty routinely. You know, your side, uh, your side is nominated, you know, if you're Republican, a Republican nominates you, and, and then the Democrats, they nominate that the person, and, and it's a routine deal, you know. Whoever has the most people in Congress, that's who gets elected to be Speaker of the House. So in this particular situation, the Speaker of the House should have been Kevin McCarthy on the first vote, because the Republicans uh, have the, um, the most, uh, uh, the most uh, Congress people, uh, and uh, Congress, uh, uh, congressional delegates uh, in, in, in Congress. So it, it's a slam dunk, but not this time. Not this time because this time what occurred was that, uh, well, the Republicans went to war with each other, and they went to war with each other, and as a result of that, it was kind of testy. It was kind of testy. It was kind of testy to the point that this first thing reminded me of Groundhog Day. They did one uh, one uh, election, they nominated, great speeches and everything, they nominated, and then they get to the point where he wasn't winning. The bad brother from Brooklyn, that's, that, that's, that's Hakeem Jeffries, and that's how they introduced him uh, on one nominating speech, the bad brother from Brooklyn. Uh, but he was winning. We, we knew he wasn't going to win because the Republicans were going to go ahead and win. I never saw a 15-round fight in about 30 years. That's the last time uh, boxing had 15-round fights, and this reminded me of a 15-round fight. But also what reminded me of this was the fact that when uh, Kevin McCarthy, Congressman Kevin McCarthy from California, was running to become Speaker of the House, it was like the House was like home alone. So let's let's play that clip because it was like a lot of shouting there. Each time that that Kevin McCarthy could not get elected to become Speaker of the House, he actually cried. Like, well, you got the clip? Let's play the clip. I'm
All right. That's the way it was in Congress last week. A lot of shouting was going on. It was a lot of shouting going on in Congress. Uh, and, and, and it was like Kevin McCarthy's mother yelling at him, Kevin! It was like, it was crazy. Matt Gatz, one of the congressmen, almost got beat up by one of the other congressmen because when it got to the part where they were supposed to go ahead and, uh, uh, well, they were supposed to go ahead and, and close the deal on this, you know, it, it, and, and Matt Gatz was like using some hand sanitizer and was like saying, I wash my hands of this, you know? Yeah, I, I can't deal with this. And then once he did that, that's when, well, that's when one of the other congressmen decided to beat him up. And I'm going, like, man, this is crazy. This is crazy. This was like watching some kind of reality TV show. I watched the whole thing. I fell asleep a couple of times, you know, because, you know, it's past my bedtime. They had the last episode started at like nine o'clock last night. And I was like, man, I got to go to bed because I got to do the show. So, you know, wow. But it was like crazy. So, you know, it was so crazy enough that what had happened was that, well, the Republicans who are not known to be people who, you know, like who, who nominate black people for stuff, they actually did that. And I said, they must be really mad. They must be really mad. Republicans have lost their ever-loving minds last year and this year too. Because last year I had this weird dream. Correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. I had this dream that the Republicans were going to use a black man against another black man that was senator in Georgia. Does this, did this, did you, I had this dream. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my producer over here. And it was just weird. I said they nominated a football player because they know Georgia, you know, does real well in football. You know, I, I think, I, I think they're playing some big game on Monday called the national championship. But the last time, uh, the last couple of times they played for the national championship way back in the day, they, they had this guy named Herschel Walker that was, that was you know, a football player there. So they, I, I dreamed that they were going to nominate him to run for senator against Senator Raphael Warnock. Like, and that's the weirdest thing you'd ever hear, right? Did that happen? It happened. It, 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 it happened. Wow, thank God we woke up from that dream and we didn't elect Herschel. But that just shows you how the Republicans are using black people against other black people. It ain't like a thing that we're all supposed to be united. But it's like, this is so obvious. It's so obvious. They're playing a race card here. It's so obvious. Herschel Walker never ran for anything before in his life. But now they decide that, hey, we'll do that. We'll run another one against another one. How about that? So that's what happened this past week. They ran another one against another one. Hakeem Jeffries is one of the ones. I, yep, one of the ones. He's black. So what they decided to do was run Byron Donalds from Florida. Been in Congress two years. Two years, Speaker of the House. I used to be in Congress... But I, I wasn't a congressman. I was an intern. So it took me a long time to figure out where everything was at. I'm sure it took Byron Donalds a long time to figure out where everything's at. Uh, 
and they decided that they was going to go ahead. They were going to go ahead and run him for Speaker of the House. Now, I know my producer's been doing all this research and everything. Uh, I believe he has that queued up, ready to go. So we want to let you know that Byron Donalds and, uh, well, Speaker of the House, uh, that's a, 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 a very prestigious job. That means you run the House of Representatives. That means you're, you're over the, well, you're over the whole thing. You over the whole thing, the Republicans, the Democrats, nothing gets done unless it comes from the speakers. But Byron Donalds was was nominated. Let's go with that clip. You want to be speaker? Do you actually want to be? Is this a protest? Like actually, no, not really. Never came here to try to be speaker. Like, what is the outreach? What is the outreach? Well, they nominated me. Did they ask you? That's pretty good. At point, do you believe it's time for Kevin McCarthy to step aside? I don't think we're there. Listen to what he had said before. The reporters doing their job, you know, they asked him, you know, they're like, cool, like, hey, man, do you, you want to be Speaker of the House? He said, well, they nominated me. It's not like he said, well, I really want to do this job. It's like, well, they nominated me. I thought it was a pretty, did he say pretty cool thing? It's a pretty cool thing to do. I mean, that qualifies you to be Speaker of the House because, well, I think it's a pretty cool thing to do. You know, what do you, what do you want to do? I think I want to be Speaker of the House. You're going to be Speaker of the House. Why? Because it's going to be a pretty cool thing to do. It doesn't mean you know how to do the job. It's like, it's a pretty cool thing to do. It's like, well, sort of like being President of the United States when you used to be on reality TV having a show called The Apprentice. It's a pretty cool thing to do. That don't mean you're qualified. It just means, again, it's a pretty cool thing to do. So now what we have is a track record here. A track record of the Republicans using black folk against other black folk to prove a point. Now, the point they're proving is we got ours too. That's what it is. I know somebody's going to probably get on me and say you shouldn't have said that. I don't care. We got ours too. Black folks earn their position in Congress, whether they are Republican or whether they, they are a Democrat. That's not an issue at all. He earned his position being a Republican congressman, and my hat goes off to him. We need people in the Republican Party. We need people in the Democratic Party. We need good people, period. Now, what, what takes the cake on this, so to speak, is the fact that they were not planning on having him win. They just planned on proving a point. The point we want to prove is that, well, we like black people too because we nominated one. Look, there's one right there. There's one. Wait a minute. Yeah, that's yours. That's ours. Okay, that's, that's what it was about. 
because most of the people that's in Congress are, are, are black. They're Democrats. So now they're looking around for black people to basically run against other black people. That's true. That's true. Now, if you think I'm lying, rewind what I just said. Herschel Walker, nobody had taken Herschel Walker serious about running for office until he ran for office. And then we really didn't take him seriously. No, we didn't. We, we really didn't take him serious. But Republicans thought that, yes, we can do this to prove a point. First, to prove a point that we can divide black votes, that black people not sophisticated enough to know. And they'll go ahead and vote for celebrity over anything else. Like they did when they voted for, uh, well, Donald Trump, celebrity. And then the second thing they decided to do beyond everything else is, in this uh, election here, just again to prove a point. Hakeem Jeffries, they saying, well, we got black people too. They weren't serious about it. If we look at that again, even Byron Donalds wasn't serious. You know, the problem I have with Congressman Donalds is that nobody should use you just because it's the cool thing to do. Nobody should use you at all. You shouldn't be about that. You should be running for office because you want to serve, not because, well, it's a cool thing to do. And then the Republicans went and decided to pull the, uh, well, I guess they already pulled the race card when they got the congressman. But then they decided to go Martin Luther King on us. Yeah, they did. Chip Roy, who's not, Chip Roy, who is not a uh, participant at the last MLK Day Parade or receiving awards from uh, Operation Push Rainbow, he's not that type of person. But you would have never known if you hadn't listened to his speech that he gave. So check out this speech and tell me. I brought tears in my eyes. I thought he was about to sing... We shall overcome. Go ahead. Let's play that. For what purpose does the gentleman from Texas rise? I seek to place a nomination for speaker. The gentleman is recognized. Yesterday, my first vote for Speaker of the House was for Byron Donalds. Today, I'm rising to nominate Byron Donalds for Speaker of the House of Representatives. Byron is a dear friend, a solid conservative, but most importantly, a family man who loves dearly his wife Erica, his three children, has a proven track record as a businessman, public service in the Florida legislature, and now as a member of the United States Congress. Now, here we are 
And for the first time in history, there have been two black Americans placed into the nomination for Speaker of the House. However, Madam Speaker, order. Madam, or Madam Clerk, order. We do not seek to judge people by the color of their skin, but rather the content of their character. Byron Donalds. Byron Donalds is a good man raised by a single mom who moved past adversity, became a Christian man at the age of 21, and has devoted his life to advancing the cause for his family and for this country. And is, he has done it admirably. But there's an important reason for nominating Byron, and that is this country needs a change. This country needs leadership that does not reflect this city, this town that is badly broken. Just can't take any more of this. I can't take any more of these snakes on a plane. <laughs> I just can't do it. Like I did that one, did <laughs> I'll be having my producer rolling over here, man. You, you, you guys should come in and see the show live sometime. And it just rolled off, snakes on a plane. Because, see, that is, that, that's like a snake out there, folks. And the plane is the United States Congress. And this is what we have coming on now. This guy is giving this speech, quoting Martin Luther King. And he, he went on King like. And then he brought in, you know, he came from a single family and all that, and 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 it was it was just horrible. And and, and, and yes, I'm passing judgment. I'm passing judgment because the man's record in the past has not reflected the Kingsonian words that he just said. Now the bad thing about that is, in addition to that. The brother, Byron Downs, good brother, good brother. You know, he f welcomed being used. He said, it's pretty cool. And they gave that flowery speech and didn't mean a word of it. And if we replay that clip at the beginning, somebody in the crowd just busted out laughing. You could hear them laugh. You could hear them laugh. And you could hear them laugh because it's funny.
It's funny that same people who in the next couple of weeks, because it's Martin Luther King's birthday, Republicans, same people who don't want you to vote, who are passing bills and legislation about cutting down on the days that you can vote on, the same people who probably uh, after uh, we find out how this Congress is going to go, want to cut your Social Security checks away, want to cut welfare away. Uh, The same people who say they want to cut this because they don't believe theoretically on handouts, but their people get business handouts as well. But these are the same people who do that. They do that. Just watch and see. Texas, great state of Texas, has one of the highest child poverty rates in these United States of America because we have people who serve in Texas on the state level and on the federal level who don't want to see children go to bed with full stomachs. Yeah, that's right. Chip Roy is one of those ones. So Chip, it's a chip off the old block. Uh, And the old block I know is people who are obstructionists. Now, let's talk about some things you didn't see. Or maybe perhaps you did see. Uh, The people that were stopping, uh, stopping uh, Kevin McCarthy from uh, becoming a uh, speaker of the house were Republicans themselves. They were, they called them far right Republicans. And that, that scares the hell out of me, far right. I mean, you know, Kevin McCarthy was the one who went down there and kissed uh, Donald Trump's uh, ring. I know I thought you thought I was going to say something else, but I didn't. No, you ain't going to catch me. It's too early in the year for me to do that. But, you know, he went down there and kissed Donald Trump's ring after the January 6th insurrection. Speaking of which, they had a commemoration of the January 6th insurrection, of course, on January 6th, and no Republican came out to do the commemoration. Now, this should be about America, folks. About America. Our democracy. But, you know, I'm not throwing shade. I'm just telling you who showed up on the Capitol Hill steps. I guess they felt that they wouldn't want it, but they could come out there and say it's their American right to honor those policemen and police women who were attacked by those thugs. That's right. They were thugs, people. They were thugs, damn it. You know, see, when black people do things that you get arrested for, they use the word thugs. But most of the people that were insurrectionists, and we did have some African Americans out there as well, but the large amount of them were, were they were white. And some of them even carried Confederate flags. I mean, I mean, that kind of lets you know that they probably be, were not going to be invited to a NAACP uh, dinner. But this is what we're dealing with. 
Those are the people that America now calls the far right. And those were the people that was holding Kevin McCarthy up. Well, holding him uh, hostage, so to speak, while they extracted more demands. And these demands we'll see in the coming couple of weeks. They got Kevin McCarthy. They got him kind of tied. But, you know, one of the things that's going to be kind of tied as well is the fact that the Republicans have a new villain. And I heard them. They were uh, having this... uh, practice rehearsal, but some people didn't get the memo. They thought Nancy Pelosi was still in charge. So they had said things about Nancy Pelosi and, and someone, you know, like nudged them by saying, you know, she ain't going to be the the uh, leader of the Democrats anymore. They said, oh, I'm wasting all of that hate on her? So we got to transfer our hate to someone else. So they said, who's going to be the leader now? Because I'm too busy kissing up to Donald Trump. I don't don't know. And they said Hakeem Jeffries, as uh, one of the congresswomen had said, the bad brother from Brooklyn. That's right, Hakeem. Hakeem the Dream Jeffries. That's right. Let's run that clip of Hakeem Jeffries, the new minority leader. And if the Democrats take control as I hope they do in 2024, he will be majority leader, and then they have the election again, and, and hopefully he'll be Speaker of the House. Who knows? As we're having a little technical difficulties. At least you told me we haven't technical difficulties beforehand. So as we're having technical difficulties, we will uh, go ahead and uh, get you caught up on a couple of other things that are going on right now and the main thing that I want us to realize is we're having these technical difficulties Uh, we got some people that are that are looking in and hopefully they'll be able to share this is I want people to realize that there is a uh, Twitter feed that we have which is called Air Gray 1906 and an Instagram feed, which is Ed Gray 1906. We want you to join that as well and spread that as well. And because of the algorithms that they had recently put on Facebook, which depress the amount of people that are able to see this feed, we're asking you to share this feed on other platforms as well, other uh, groups as well. So we want you to go ahead and, and do that. And the reason why we want you to do this is because the message that we're sending out is a very powerful message. It's a message that we want people to uh, uh, to see and hear. You can also see us on Spotify and also on Apple Podcasts as well. So subscribe to those podcasts. On Roku, we're on Roku as well. We want you to, to do that as well. So share that. Uh, spread the word out. And uh, we will uh, come back in the next hour. Uh, We will come back uh, at another time to bring you the clip on Hakeem, the dream, Jeffries. And uh, thank you for listening to the Commission Radio Show for the first hour. Thank you. Let's roll. 
Hey, this is Pastor Albert and Lady LaVon. Catch our show, Walk the Talk Ministries, every Wednesday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. On our show, you'll be able to hear real-life testimonials and real-world experiences, informing, inspiring, educating, uplifting, and encouraging you in your Christian walk. All while having fun and being transparent. So tune in Wednesdays at 7 p.m. for Walk the Talk Ministries. Where we just don't talk about it, we be about it. On FishbowlRadioNetwork.com. Jump in. Hey, you know, whenever I want good Cajun food, I go to Thibodeau's, located at 107 North Cedar Ridge in Duncanville, Texas. They're really hot, just like the Commission Radio Show in Thibodeau's. Hot is this gumbo. We will see you later at Thibodeau's. I'm Pastor Freddie Haynes. I listen to the Commish Show on the Fishbowl for my social activism information so I can be a better agitator. Who was that masked man? You mean you don't know? That was no masked man. That was the Commish. Saturdays from 5 to 6 p.m. on the Fishbowl Radio Network. What's up, beautiful peoples out there? It's your boy, Maul, a.k.a. Cool Pop Watson, baby. Make sure you check my man out. Three to five every Saturday. Commish Radio Show. Make sure y'all come check my man out. Separation just ain't healthy 
Champions here, loved by many, hated by a few, respected by all, was second to none. I appreciate the, the, the mics, man. This has been a wild day, man. Come back back here at Fishbowl Radio Network, FBRN.us. Oh, I see. I got it all. I got, I got all the call letters and everything. I know? see. I see. I, I like the way you got the mics up on this one, man. You, you didn't do it on the other show, man. <laughs> I like to hear my voice. I got you. That was I, just the monitor. I, 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 yeah. But I like but to hear I got you. 
a lot of times I get up in the morning time, I have this deep, raspy voice in the morning time. And, and I like to get up and talk to myself, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. Hey, Ed, how you doing? You doing okay? Yeah, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. But, you know, I want to say right now to the people that's listening out here, appreciate you uh, for tuning in and share this. As I stated before about the uh, uh, podcast, we call it a podcast. So we, 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 what we have? We on Apple and, and yeah, all that? Yeah, Apple Podcasts. Um, Do we even advertise for this stuff, man? Yeah. I mean, as far as I know. I mean, no, I mean, like, I don't hear other people's stuff, man. You don't hear other people's stuff. Yeah, I mean, mean? I mean, you know, like, you know, this is the Fishbowl Studios, and I'm Mm -hmm. like going like, I mean, we need to push our stuff out there, man. We got a lot of great shows here. Mm -hmm. It's like nobody's like going like, listen to my stuff. Mm -hmm. And they don't do that. It's like they come in, they do that show, and they go home. Yeah. It's like, man, what? who does that? You know, I, 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 I... Marcus, you don't have to toot your own horn, but Ed got to toot his. So you know that's what that's what I'm doing. So want to make sure you follow me on social media, man. Yeah, I do. Yeah, only when you on it though. <laughs> 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 that's, that's what you do. You no, know, I've been we do, we do the Instagram stuff when I be telling stories about me and Rick James and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, Prince. Morris Day and everything. Mm-hmm. You, you listen to that, but you know, but you know, I, you do listen to this, and I, 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 I appreciate it. Yeah, you, you off camera, so tell them who you are, man. Yeah, I'm. My name is Gabe. I am a board operator and producer here at Fishbowl Radio Network. Um, yeah, been doing this for a while now, so I'm usually behind the scenes. Y'all never really get to hear my voice, but you know, here I am. Yeah, see, I see. He like to hear his voice too. Oh, I sound good. I, I know. I know what I bring to the table. You know what I'm saying? That's good. That's yeah. good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> All right. All right. Gabe. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, well, sir. Well, you, you know, Gabe be checking me out, man, about what we be talking about on on the show and everything. He he's gotten uh, hip to a lot of history and stuff, mm-hmm. and we talk about a, a lot of history. So I want to spend a couple of minutes to talk about. Uh, what I've been doing lately, and, and, and I know Gabe follows me because I see s- stuff on uh, uh, likes and everything on uh, uh, Facebook and everything. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm down below five thousand now on Facebook. So if you want to join and be my friend and everything on Facebook, I'm I'm good with it. You know, because I was at I topped up at five, and then people start leaving. I go like, okay, fine. You know, it, Facebook is cool, but it ain't all that. You know. <laughs> I mean, I, I got a, you know, it's like, I was going to say I got a job to do, but I forgot I was retired. <laughs> so, but what I've been doing, though, is is writing my dissertation on environmental justice and, and everything. So I've been been also, you go down rabbit holes in, in, in these things because you, you, you look at one thing, you research, and then you come up with another. And as being uh, the leader for the Dallas County Justice Initiative, uh, one of the things I've been doing is doing some research on lynching. So I've uh, worked with some uh, people with the Equal Justice Initiative. We uh, received the Allen Brooks uh, uh, marker, which is at the corner of Main Street and Ackert. I'll give you an update, Main Street and Ackert. And we received that uh, uh, last year. And then uh, 
we're also working on the William Allen Taylor lynching site, which was done at Trinity Overlook Park. It, there's a there, there's a connection here. Uh, Pegasus Park is in downtown Dallas, where Maine and Accord is at. Trinity Overlook Park is by Trinity Groves. There's a connection. Everywhere where there's a park, there's a lynching. Hmm. Or everywhere there's a lynching, they made it a park. What came first, the lynching or the park? The lynching came first. So it's sort of like zoning. This is what we're talking about because this is what my deal is on. Dissertation is on zoning. They said, well, well, where are we going to have the latest park at? Well, yeah, I don't know where we're going to have the latest park. You remember when they lynched that old boy a couple years back when we were kids? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it was down there by the park. Uh, oh, it's over there down by, by the creek. Yeah, well, let's go ahead and make that a park. And that's what they did. Okay, now someone's going to say, Ed, they didn't do that. No, they didn't. All right, fine, they didn't do it. Okay, fine. Fine, they didn't do it. So, work with me, folks. You know where President Kennedy was shot at? Gabe, you know where President Kennedy was shot at? I do. Yeah. I don't remember the name of the street, but I've been there okay, a bunch but, of times. But did you go to the park that's down there? Mm-hmm. You said, where's the park at? Like, you asking me street name? Yeah, no, 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 I is mean, it, okay, is this, this is the park where the, tri- the triple overpass, Yeah, you know, there's a park right there. On the right-hand side? On the right-hand side, yeah. yeah. Folks, there's a park there. They call it Martyrs Park. So, last week, this is what I've been doing. Last couple of weeks, I've been contacting people regarding Martyrs Park. It's a park. It's called Martyrs Park. That's the name of it, Martyrs Park. Why Martyrs Park? Because Jane Elkins was killed there. Who is Jane Elkins? Well, Jane Elkins, funny you should ask. I know the answer. Jane Elkins was killed there because she was the first bill of sale in Dallas, Texas. Yeah, she was a slave. And the first thing they actually sold in Dallas, Texas, was Jane Elkins. So anyway, Jane Elkins was sold to this man who rented her out. If it's your property, you can rent it out. It's like a car. You can rent a person out. So they rented Jane Elkins out to this individual in Farmer's Branch. Well, what he did was he did some terrible things to her, and she decided she wouldn't have no more of it, and she took a hatchet and split his head. Well, they took her and hung her at that spot, which is at, well, at triple overpass, triple, you know, underpass, overpass. They took her and killed her there. So that's where we're going to have a, a marker, historical marker to be set there. Smartest part. But that's the spot where they killed Jane Elkins. But the story gets deeper. Say martyrs part. That means more than one. So you have to have more than one. Patrick Jennings. Old Cato Miller. They were lynched there as well because in 1860, Sam Smith. 
they were lynched there as well because in 1860 there was several several fires that occurred on this date in 1860. So what they did, Dallas did, was they took all of the slaves in Dallas County, took them to that spot, and they whipped all of the slaves in Dallas County. Every man and woman that was a slave in Dallas County was whipped right there. Those are whipping grounds. That's the whipping ground. That's You want to know where slaves were whipped at in Dallas County? That was it. So old Cato Miller, he said, was a ringleader of it. They killed him and they lynched him at that spot. So we, we, what we're going to do is we're going to have a historical marker set for that. So uh, we want you to help us out on that. We, we need your help on that. And how we need your help on that is we need you to spread the word on that. So we definitely need you to spread the word on that. So that's what's going on in, in Dallas County. Dallas County also means, and we're going to go to a, uh, we're going to go to a break in a few so we can play some of those drops, um, play the mass man drop, air gray drops as well. So one uh, of the places that I was at this past Christmas and Gabe had asked me, what was I doing Christmas? Um, Right after Christmas, we had a a commemoration of another lynching. Yep. That's what I've been spending the whole Christmas holiday over, going to lynching sites, it seemed like. And then the new year, I began going to Freedman's Towns. We'll talk about that when we come back from break. But uh, the uh, lynching, uh, we had another lynching of Reuben Johnson. Reuben Johnson was lynched uh, in the uh, 1800s. He was lynched in the 1800s, right after the emancipation, and and he was lynched in this uh, small place called Antioch. Antioch, never heard of. It's Freedman's Town, Freedman's Community, Antioch, which is located at Mountain Creek Lake. That's right, Mountain Creek Lake. Check this out. So what he did was there was a whole community of black people that lived there. So he was at Mountain Creek Lake. And during this time frame at Mountain Creek Lake, there was a, 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 a theft, a burglary or something that happened of that nature. And uh, the white man needed an alibi. So he had Reuben, or wanted Reuben, to give him an alibi. And Reuben said, boss, I, I can't give you no alibi because uh, that ain't what happened. He said, boy, you need to give me an alibi or I'll kill you. Well, he didn't give an alibi. And they killed Reuben Johnson. They killed Reuben Johnson and left him hanging at the Antioch community for all of the black folk in Antioch to see him. Now, when you say, where's Antioch? Okay, let me let me give you a, a, a deal where Antioch is at. We know where Beltline is at. Gabe, you know where Beltline is at? I do. Okay. Uh, and remember, we're going to break out this. Uh, if you go on Beltline in, 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 uh, on 20, you go up to uh, to Mountain Creek Lake and you look across Mountain Creek Lake and you see Dallas Baptist University that is the site of another part mm. another part well that's also the site of another lynching 
So you, you you catch that? I'm 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 getting all upset. I'm 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 just throwing the mics around and everything. So that occurred there. Left them hanging where everyone could see them. It wasn't out in the woods. Antioch still exists. There's a cemetery right now that uh, we need to do something about to make sure that that it doesn't go uh, doesn't become a dormant follow cemetery where someone decides to run uh, run a street over it as what they did with Central Expressway when they took part of the Freedman Cemetery which wasn't called a Freedman Cemetery at that time but they took uh, they took the Freedman Cemetery and ran over a portion of it to uh, make way for Central Expressway and there you have it so Freedman Cemetery uh the original site of Freedman Cemetery extended into what would be the far right-hand lane of Central Expressway southbound. So in this particular situation, what we see, and this is what I've been doing, I've been traveling around Dallas County looking at things and documenting what was once there. So what was once there at Antioch, Antioch extended beyond the bank's of the part to where the lake is. So in order to make Mountain Creek Lake, to make the lake, they took away black people's land. So there you have it. And when we come back, we'll talk about some other places that you probably drove past that didn't know that black people once lived there, played there, died there, and had dreams. We'll be right back. Who was that masked man? You mean you don't know? That was no masked man. That was the commish. Saturdays from 5 to 6 p.m. on the Fishbowl Radio Network. Hi, my name is Gail Todd with Townview Realtors. If you find yourself in the market to buy, sell, lease, or maybe you want to be a part of this hot real estate market by investing, just give my team of professionals and I a call at 214-675-9572. Again, that's 214-675-9572. Or you can email me at gtodd88 at yahoo.com. With me... It's all about you. I'm Pastor Freddie Haynes. I listen to the Commission Show on the Fishbowl for my social activism information so I can be a better agitator. Hey, this is Cheryl Smith, and when I'm looking for news and information, I tune in to The Commission on Saturdays. I got so much trouble on my mind, refuse to lose. Here's your ticket, cause I told my get wicked. The cool to you to put the back to black attack, so I sack and dap and slap the mac. Now I'm ready to my kit. What's up, beautiful peoples out there? It's your boy, Maul, a.k.a. Cool Pop Watson, baby. Make sure you check my man out. Three to five every Saturday. Commish Radio Show. Make sure y'all come check my man out. Yeah. 
Hey, you know, whenever I want good Cajun food, I go to Thibodeau's, located at 107 North Cedar Ridge in Duncanville, Texas. They're really hot, just like the Commish Radio Show in Thibodeau's. Hot is this gumbo. We will see you later at Thibodeau's. All right, back again, Thibodeau's. Looks like I'll be going there pretty soon to, to get me something to eat. The gumbo that you have is really good. You know, when uh, you're talking about uh, going to eat, uh, I'm, 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 I spent $32,000 last year, $32,000 last year uh, in the black community on, well, going out to eat and going out to get my hair cut. I know you're laughing with the beard trim. All right, going out to get the beard trimmed and everything like that. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm about building the community. And uh, I, I, I literally wrote down every dollar that, that I spent. So that's, that's what's going on, uh, what, what I'm doing here. But let us go back again and uh, go back again uh, regarding uh, regarding uh, uh, lost history. When we last talked, we talked about the uh, forcing the slave confessions, if you will. Uh, They whipped everybody in in Dallas County. But the main people they they had, uh, the martyrs at Martyrs Park, was Patrick Jennings, Sam Smith, and Cato Miller were executed. So that's what we're working on now to make sure that there is a proper, and I'm saying we, the Dallas County Justice Initiative, which I'm uh, um, the uh, head leader of that. Uh, So that's what we're working on. So uh, we need your help by making sure that if you could write in uh, uh, or use social media to make sure that those three, I'll say their names again, Patrick Jennings, Sam Smith, and Cato Miller, and Jane Elkins as well. Let's get them the proper uh, recognition, if you could call it that, the proper respect in death that they didn't get in life. Uh, Example, Jane Elkins, uh, the bondswoman that was killed for defending her life after... uh, being raped, um, they hung her, they executed her, and they buried her in a grave. That should have been the end of it. But no, that wasn't the end of it because they dug her up and then used her body for scientific experiments. Gabe, what you think of that? It's ridiculous. Shaking your head over that. Yeah, I, I told you, I just said this second half, I was going to drop the knowledge on that and, and talk about that. A lot of what we're talking about is, hasn't been written in a book, but I did happen to bring three books with me today. Uh, first, I mentioned uh, Freedman Cemetery. It's called Facing the Rising Sun, Freedman Cemetery. Here you go. Need you to pick that one up. If you can get it, pick it up. I got this one. It has a lot of great information on uh, African Americans in Dallas. Uh, I'm gonna slide this one over so Gabe can look at it. You know, I, and then the uh, the funeral that I attended this past 
past month of a dear friend of mine, colleague, Dr. George Keaton, who uh, appointed me to be uh, the leader of the Dallas County Justice Initiative, which is one of the organizations he founded. Uh, Remembering Black Dallas is the other organization he founded, and Dr. Mamie McKnight uh, formed uh, Black Dallas Remember, which that book is the last book we just uh, passed out uh, to uh, Gabe that he's looking at. Uh, we got all these books for you to read. If you don't believe me, read a book. Uh, edited by Dr. George Keaton, Dr. George Keaton Jr. and Judith Garrett Segura. I sat next to uh, Ms. Segura, who is the the uh, co-editor of Our Stories at the funeral of Dr. George Keaton. Now, this book was given to me by Dr. Keaton. And it's, uh, I, I normally collect autographs on this one. I'll tell you about this one. This one is an autograph. Today, remembering Black Dallas at executive board meeting, but at the last meeting that we had, which was just for general members, he had a did a book signing, and I didn't get him to sign this book because well, he, he he was a little ill that day, and he I said, well, we'll get it signed another day. Well, that other day didn't come. Other day didn't come, but he gave me the book. This is a book he personally gave me, so it means a lot. And this book has his his uh, relatives on it, so it's 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 very it's uh, very dear to me. I know you're saying right now over in uh, Fort Worth, you said, "What about us? What about us?" This rivalry between Fort Worth and in Dallas, what about us? What about us? It's like, we got stories too. Yes, you do. You do have stories, and they need to be told as well. This one is called A History of Blacks in Fort Worth by Reby Carey. How we got over. Update on a backward look. need you to pick that one up as well. This comes from the Commission Book Club. I want you to pick that up. We got a Dallas and Fort Worth thing going. Two similar books. Talking about our stories. There you go. There you go, right there. That's it. So when people say, yes, I'm going to talk about our people for a second. Who's our people? Well, the same people that want to read our stories. So our people always say, we never have anything written about us. We never have. They always write about. No, you don't read about us. The books are out there. Well, they got everybody else in the United States writes about their black community. We never write about. There's three books right there. I mean, everybody knows about the accommodation in, in white metropolis. I have those books signed by the. Uh, by the authors too. They have actually been on this show. But there are other books out there as well that you can read and pick up a book and read. Malcolm X once said, the best place to keep a secret from a black man is to put it in the what? Pages of a book. Pick one of these books up and read it. That's the reason why I'm walking around with books. And in the event that I get 
tired of reading about books, guess what I started doing? I write. So this is where we're at now. I'm riding around town, Gabe, looking at what's going on in the community, and I say, well, there's probably a lot of Antioch's that's around uh, that black communities that people don't know anything about. So I started doing my research, and some of the research I got, I received from some of these books where they mention communities. So, Gabe, where are you from? Originally from St. Louis. St. Louis, Missouri. All right. So, so you may or may not know about these places, but even the people who come from St. Louis to come here, and most people are transplants that live here in Dallas, they wouldn't know where these places are at. But even the people who are here in Dallas don't know where the places are at. So let's go through a list, shall we? If you're taking notes, here's a pen. So what it is and where it is, the largest, well, lost African-American freedman's town that you pass by every day or drive by every day would probably be called the prairie. Now, if you've ever driven downtown, which probably you have, you probably at some point drove at Interstate 45 and Interstate 30, that connection right there, the main connection right there. That used to be a black town there, a freedman's town there called the Prairie. The nickname for it was the Prey. If we were to put a historical marker, it would be at it would be a farmer's market because that's that's the nearest piece of land that the prey would be at. That's right. Okay, another lost freedman's town. Be Alpha, Texas. Gabe, you ever heard of Alpha, Texas before? I have not. You ever heard of the Galleria Shopping Center? I have. That is a Freedman's town, folks. The Galleria Shopping Center sets in the area of Alpha, Texas, which was a black town. I would like one day to have markers up at some point to commemorate the lost history. I know historians are always bringing up old stuff. Little Egypt, or Little Egypt, I want to be phonetically correct here. Little Egypt is Northwest Highway, Lake Highlands, a section of Lake Highlands, Little Egypt, used to be a black community as well, a black freedman's town. It was wiped away in 1962. You drive past there now, they had an archaeologist digging things up, and they found a house, and they said, ooh, look, this proves that the Freedman's Town was here. In addition to that, there's still some people walking around now that used to have homes or used to live in homes there in 1962. Now, this other deal I was telling you about, as I get comfortable here, about Alpha, Texas, the Galleria Shopping Center. I remember when they built the Galleria Shopping Center and when there was no Galleria Shopping Center. And I also remember there used to be a couple of farms out there in the Galleria Shopping Center area. And I drove past there on my way to a 7-Eleven late at night. I worked at Southwestern Bell, long story, long story, long time ago. 
And I, I, I drove past there, and I looked over, and I said, these farmers over there. And I looked over there, and I was amazed, too. I was 18 years old at the time. I said, these are black farmers. These are black farmers farming at the Galleria Shopping Center. It's 1982-83. That's recent memory. That's recent memory, 1982-1983. Same thing about Renner, Texas. The same thing about Renner, Texas. Renner, Texas. Black farmers there. They annexed that. You know where Renner, Texas is at. You, you, Gabe, you been up to Renner, Texas? You know where Ke- Keller Springs is at? I do. Keller Springs is named after Mr. Keller, obviously. I know Texas education being what it is. I may be going too fast for some folks. You say, who's Keller Springs named after? Like we talked to Victor out there earlier, obviously. <laughs> so anyway, Keller Springs was named after a black man. Hey, check that out in one of these books that we got over here. So we have a couple of Freedman's towns that we've driven past. There. We just named them Antioch. Name them again, Alpha, Texas. Name them again, Little Egypt. Those are places that black history has been lost. But we have to document this stuff in a book so other people can read it. Maybe not me or you, but maybe our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren can read it and see. 10th Street. 10th Street. I'm going to tell you some stories about this. 10th Street, same thing. East Dallas, same thing. East Dallas, a black part of East Dallas. When they started building a freeway, black communities have been decimated throughout the years through the building of freeways. R.L. Thornton Freeway. Whether or not it's in East Dallas or whether or not it's in Oak Cliff, Named after one of the city fathers, R.L. Thornton, Uncle Bob, they called him. Uncle Bob, R.L. Thornton, also a member of the Ku Klux Klan. Oh, wait a minute, hold on. That's not me throwing dirt or anything like that, but a lot of members of the Klan were Dallas professional people who ran the city. Did you know at one time the largest Klan chapter in these United States of America was in Dallas, Texas? That's right. Dallas, Texas had the largest Klan chapter. As we earlier pointed out, there's always a rivalry between Fort Worth and Dallas. The second largest Klan chapter was in Fort Worth. Well, this rivalry, boy. It's a rivalry between the sheets for sure right here, isn't it? But, you know, what we're saying here is that we have to remember our history. And remembering our history, we must never forget. If we remember our history, we'll never go back to it. That was a point that I did the connection with, with uh, how much money was spent African-American communities because of communities such as Deep Ellum that everyone knows about, Deep Ellum, which was the black downtown and also state thomas street we got to remember our history folks else we'll forget it and that's what historians do we always bring up old stuff so we never forget 
because the same things can happen again and again and again. So R.L. Thornton came along and decided that they need to build a road from point A to point B. And which easy way to do the road? Well, we got to have this thing called slum clearance. Slum clearance is where, where well, the government decided to give these big cities and, you know, money to, to build these interstates. So the interstates, they had to figure out where they're going to put the interstates at. So they said, we're gonna, I, we know where to put it at. We'll put it in the community that we just need to move them on out and move them somewhere else. And that's how we got the pathway of uh, Interstate 30, which took out East Dallas neighborhoods, and then also took out 10th Street. 10th Street was a historical Freedman's town as well. And there's a part of 10th Street, the 10th Street District, which is called the Bottom, which which is literally the Trinity River Bottom, which routinely flooded. That's why black people only could get land in, in areas that was undesirable. Again, zoning again, zoning. We're going to zone black people into areas that are not desirable. That's what this, this dissertation is about that I'm doing right now, giving you a heads up on it. So now this is where we're at now. What's going on now? Let's go to another black community here. Notice I'm saying all this as I'm just talking to you without any prepared notes because I, I roll like that. Elm Thicket. Elm Thicket. They named it Elm Thicket because the elms were thick. It's the area of town in which L.T. Dave, L.T. Dave, his his uh, granddaughter, I believe is still living in Grand Prairie, if I'm not mistaken, one of my Facebook friends. So I'm going to tag on this one. But uh, L.T. Dave was the first black millionaire in Dallas, Texas. <laughs> People didn't know that. First black millionaire in Dallas, Texas. L.T. Dave owned barbecue uh, places. The largest barbecue joint, they said, in Dallas was L.T. Dave's place. He, he was so famous and everything that he himself had uh, a waiting room. A waiting room that he served because they had segregation during that time. He had a waiting room where white folks sat there, black folks sat there, but he ran the whole thing. He said, you sit right over there. We ain't got no room for you. You sit right over there. I wonder if he made them get that food from the back. I don't know. But that being said, L.T. Dave, Elm Thicket. Now, you know where Elm Thicket is at? I don't, know. Do you know where Elm Thicket is at? Probably not, unless you live in Elm Thicket. But Elm Thicket is right next to Highland Park, University Park. Right next to that. And now people want more, well, they want more land. They want to put more more big mega mansions and stuff like that. So now they're trying to squeeze out the people in Elm Thicket. Another town that may be gone. And they're trying to squeeze them out. Because they already squeezed them out when they did the expansion of Love Field. Now, I know you know where Love Field is at. But do you know where the Negro golf course was at? Well, if you've been on a runway of Love Field, then you were probably standing on it at one point. Or perhaps your plane was taxiing down the runway. That used to be, portions of Love Field used to be the Elm Thicket golf course. The Negro golf course. Stuff that you pass by all the time. That's disappeared. 
that historians, as Smokey said, I'll say the word this time. I always bring it up old shit. But for a good reason. Because we can't take the new stuff that's coming. Gabe, I think this is time for us to leave. Because I got a little bit more reading and researching to do. And I thank you for allowing me to indulge you with this history of Dallas. Because you and I have more history to make. Thank you for tuning in to the committee.